We do appear to be on the cusp of a uh, federal election campaign. A lot of speculation uh, that the uh, prime minister is going to uh, try to thrust us into an election campaign, perhaps even later this month, with a vote in late September. Now, that remains to be seen, obviously, and uh, certainly it does fly in the face anyway, at least the idea of a fixed election date, which is what we are supposed to have at the federal level. Anyway, you know, there's no secret that the liberals are itching to go to the polls and hoping to convert their minority government into a more comfortable majority. And uh, so there, there's a lot at stake here for conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. Uh, he prevailed in that leadership race, obviously, but a leadership race that came about because of concerns within the party that the previous leader wasn't getting it done. So look, if, if Aaron O'Toole comes out of this election, anything short of forming government, I, I suspect his days are probably numbered as conservative leader too. So what does he need to do uh, to, to make himself more competitive, to reach out to, to larger numbers of Canadians? I think there's been some, some struggles in terms of, you know, getting his name out there, you know, being able to, to articulate a coherent policy message that, that resonates with Canadians. So he's got his work cut out for him. There's an interesting uh, piece the other day uh, from our next guest looking at how a would-be conservative prime minister might want to take a page from a previous liberal prime minister. Not typically the kind of advice you might expect to a, a conservative leader. And it's not necessarily about embracing liberal policy, but it's about learning the lessons uh, of one of uh, certainly the 20th century's political giants, at least in a, um, a Canadian context. And, um, you know, it's it's half the name of the uh, McDonald's Laurier Institute, uh, with uh, which is uh, which our next guest is uh, affiliated with. Patrice Dutilo is a senior policy fellow at the McDonald's Laurier Institute and wrote an interesting piece this week on maybe some of the lessons Aaron O'Toole could learn from none other than Sir Wilfred Laurier. Uh, Patrice, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, in terms of what prompted this piece and, and some of the advice you're laying out for Aaron O'Toole, I mean, obviously you must perceive maybe that, that he's facing uh, an uphill battle or facing some challenges. I mean, just first of all, what, what's your assessment uh, of where things stand for the Conservatives and their leader right now? Well, I look at the polls. I look at the polls uh, for Mr. O'Toole and for the Conservative Party over the last year, and I'm just noticing that things are pretty static, if not declining. You know, it's. I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn when I say that you know, Mr. O'Toole has not managed to introduce himself to Canadians. Uh, he's not doing well in the polls. He's not improved in the polls. And I think that as we as we do go into an election or an election season, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, you know, what the heck does this man stand for, and what does the Conservative Party stand for? Yeah, I, I think those are fair questions. So it was interesting to read your piece and, and to sort of look at, you know, the lessons of, of Wilfred Laurier. And obviously yeah. you're well aware. I mean, kind of the flavor of the day is, is to look uh, not so fondly on, on leaders of the past and, and to more focus on, on the negatives as opposed to really understanding what made figures like John A. McDonald and Sir Wilfred Laurier such political giants of their yeah. era. I mean, there, there's almost that, that kind of, I don't know if it's an obstacle or a barrier around right now to really understanding the success of past prime ministers. Why do you think that is, first of all? Well, I mean, we, you know, Canadians just generally are completely ignorant of our history. So that's not really surprising. I was delighted that yeah. the National Post accepted to write my, to, to publish my piece because I am taking a chance saying that there's an example here that Mr. O'Toole could, Mr. O'Toole and his advisors could follow 
in that Wilfrid Laurier uh, in 1877, so we're going back a long, long time, uh, knew that he was in trouble. <clears throat> he and his party were in trouble. And, and by the way, his party was in power. The, the, the Alexander McKenzie government had been in power since 1874. And you know, he is saying, you know, in Quebec, we're having a real hard time. Liberals are having a really hard time, and we've got to take the bull by the horns. My the article, the point of my article was that Laurier somehow managed to screw up the courage and take on the the, the demons that uh, seem to to uh, block the access to liberalism in his province, and and he did it with a, with a, with a great style. He he addressed the issues. He he denounced the misperceptions. He said, yes, we are liberals, and this is what liberalism stands for. And what he did was say, you know, we're not the liberals that you think. We're, you know, again, it's important to situate uh, the speech uh, in its time. You know, it was it was in Quebec. It was in French. The liberals in Quebec were seen as quite literally the devil's work. Uh, and he's saying, no, we're not like that. We are modern. We are modern English liberals. We, 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 we espouse the values of the modern economics. We espouse the values of freedom of thought. He's bold. And he, my point is that I think that given the obstacles of conservatism, especially in eastern Canada. I have to emphasize that. I mean, I, I'm writing, you know, I write in downtown Toronto, and, mm -hmm. you know, there's a huge obstacle here that the conservatives are basically a group of, you know, of politicians who eat babies for breakfast. It's, it's, it's yeah. demonized to that degree. So I think there's a real opportunity here for Aaron O'Toole and the conservatives to be realistic and to say, look, you know, there are things in our reputation that are wrong, and we need to address these things. Just like Laurier yeah. did in 1877. Well, it's interesting too, and I mean, when when you look at the the uh, immediate impact of that speech, I mean, obviously the the John A. McDonald Tory machine, you know, was was pretty unstoppable at the time, but it was obviously laying the groundwork for what was to come. Then, very much so. I mean, it's uh, he Laurier managed to expel uh, a lot of the. Uh, uh, you know, the prejudice against his party, uh, as I, as you point out, I mean, and as I write in the, in the article, uh, you know, running against Johnny McDonald, especially in 1878 was, was foolhardy. The, 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 the McDonald steamroller was in full, in, in full flight. And I'm mixing up my metaphors here, but, uh, you know, the, uh, there was no steamrollers and there was no flight when McDonald was doing this. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think it shows the courage of Wilfrid Laurier that there is no, you know, there was no fear here. That the, 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 the interest of the party, the interest of refreshing the ideology of liberalism in Quebec, was so important that you know this was generational. That's why I'm saying I think there's a real problem here for conservatives. I think it is generational. I think that uh, young people simply don't even think about conservatism because it's so far out. And I think it's really important for uh, today's conservatives to say, look, you know, this is what we stand for. There are things that we have in the past uh, that we still hold to, but there are things in our past that we have jettisoned. And mm -hmm. let's at least be uh, upfront about it. Let's, let's, let's at least show that, you know, we are 
a modern party, just the way uh, Laurier did it. it. You know, it takes uh, it takes real courage, and it takes a real you know taking stock of of uh, what Canadians think about the Conservative Party. And I think that uh, I think there's still time for Mr. O'Toole to do this kind of thing, uh, given that you know we're now in constant communication. When Laurier gave a speech, I mean, it would take weeks for people, even in the province of Quebec, to, to hear about it. Now it's instant. And I think that I think that O'Toole should really take the opportunity to do this. And you know, his you know he does have a program. It's called Secure the Future. And I mean, I don't know what that has. <laughs> Uh, that resonates with you, but secure the future resonates nothing for me, and I suspect that the vast majority of people, um, you know, are going to have trouble with it. Well, I agree with you. I think there's time for him to be bold and and really establish a bold vision uh, of of what conservatism is and can be. But I think part of this is a longer game. I mean, Aaron O'Toole's worried about the next election, which could be in a matter of weeks. I, I think yeah. the task of building up the Conservative Party or building up conservatism is a longer-term effort, and maybe maybe it falls to others then, not not just the leader of the party. Well, you know, I, I you're absolutely right. I think that the roots of conservatism have to be consistently refreshed. You got to water those roots. And, you know, if it's not the party leader doing it, I don't know who is. I mean, it's, it really is, for me, it, it really has to come from the, the party leadership. And not just him, but, you know, the people that are most you know, obvious cabinet material, various spokespeople in the various regions. Um, but, you know, he has, to, he has to lean in. He has to, to, to take a chance and, you know, I think... Simply say, you know, what does conservatism stand for in in 21st century Canada? Is it a Harper kind of conservatism? What does that mean? Uh, You know, is it a conservatism that uh, says yes to environmental protection uh, or no? Uh, Where where does that where does that fit in the in the pecking order of priorities? What about, you know, Canada standing in the world? There's so many points on which the liberals are vulnerable. You know, that, that's really the most frustrating thing. I think, I think that you know the conservatives, you know, beat the liberals last time around in terms of the electoral uh, vote. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the the conservatives got more got more votes than the liberals, but most of those were in the West. And it's wonderful that the West is very pro-conservative, but that's not where all the votes are. I mean, the votes are in Ontario, they're in Quebec, and they're in the Maritimes, and. In those three provinces, the Conservatives are not doing well at all. I think it's a question also of, of maybe, you know, while not, while not abandoning the rural roots of the Conservative Party, which are absolutely vital and precious, you know, there's got to be a way to approaching the urban vote and, and the suburban vote. And, you know, to my mind, it's a fantastic opportunity here for, for uh, the Conservative Party, for the Conservative leader to find a way to appeal to people who live in cities, especially in big cities, Calgary and Edmonton, but, you know, obviously Toronto, Montreal, um, even Halifax. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of people who vote here, there are a lot of ridings in these areas, and unless the Conservatives capture those, or at least a good portion of those, like Mr. Mulroney did, uh, in 84, or Mr. Harper in, in, in 06, 08, and 11, you know, the Conservative Party's not going to get anywhere. And uh, there's got to be a way to capture that, that urban voter. Some important points here. We'll leave it there for now. Professor Detail, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your insight on all this.
My pleasure. Thank you very much. All the best. Uh, that is uh, Patrice Dutille. He's a professor of political science at Ryerson University, also a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute, uh, in addition to senior fellow at the Bill Graham Center for Contemporary International History. So, yeah, his thoughts sort of taking a page from history in, you know, where, where Aaron O'Toole could find that inspiration. Uh, to embrace boldness and, and lay the groundwork for really growing the party. But, you know, Aaron O'Toole's on a much tighter timeline here. For him, I don't think it's about growing the conservative party over the next five or ten years. It's about growing the conservative party over the next five to ten weeks. And is there enough time for him to do that?